John chapter number 20, verse number 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene, early when it was yet dark unto the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved and said unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Go down to verse number 10. When the disciples went away again unto their own home, but Mary stood without the sepulchre, weeping. And as she wept, she stood down and looked into the sepulchre. And see if two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. They said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I have known not where they have laid him. And when she said, had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She supposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, if thou would have borne me hint, him hence, tell me where they have laid him, and I will take him away. Get this. Verse 16. Jesus said unto her, He called my name. Mary. Now I want you to get this part of it. She turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which to say, Master, let us pray. Father, help us to be what we need to be. Help us to receive your word. Lord, may we dig into your word, not just to read it, but understand and study the word. And Father, we'll praise you. We'll glorify you. In Jesus' name we say, amen. This woman made a discovery that I made, but she made it 2,000 years ago, and that is that Jesus is alive. And he knows where you're at, and he knows what you're going through. Like I said, for some weeks we've been looking at that thought from John chapter 12, verse 21, Sir, we would see Jesus. I want to tonight to look at this woman, Mary Magdalene, and this is the woman that had the seven devils cast out of her, and she met the Lord, and when she met the Lord, and she no longer had the devils, but she had peace and she had joy. She had the peace and joy that only God can provide, only Jesus can provide for her. Can I say when the Lord moves into your life, the devil has to move out. Don't tell me you're bought with the blood and sealed by the blood and still act like the world. Don't tell me that because uh, if Jesus Christ moves inside of you, the devil's got to come out of you. But here we have some of the sweetest touching parts of the resurrection here this evening. I think one of the sweetest parts of the resurrection story is the fact that the, fact the first person that Jesus reveals himself bodily to on Resurrection Sunday is Mary Magdalene, the one he had cast the seven devils out and got saved. And one of the amazing facts about the story is that 
She gets to the tomb early. She gets to the tomb right about the time the sun is about to rise up and it's about dark, about time. She gets to the tomb early, but he was already gone. I don't know about that time they arose. I don't know what time, what time it arose. When the Jewish day starts at 6 p.m. and ends at 6 a.m. I don't know what time he rose from the grave, but I do know he had rose up earlier than when she got there. He waits around the tomb. He doesn't just go straight ascend back to heaven. He waits around the tomb waiting for Mary to come to the tomb. Because he tells her, I have not yet ascended back to my father. It is suffice to say that Jesus literally puts uh, heaven on hold, puts atonement on hold, and puts the work of the redeeming grace of, on hold and said, I will show up in heaven in a little while, but before I go, I want to see this woman. Listen to me. God would put heaven on hold to come to where you're at to meet your need when you need it. Amen. It's not that he's waiting for the fact that he's waiting to send back to heaven to the Father, but he wants to meet this woman, Mary, because he calls her by name. you realize how awesome that is? You, you studied the three-and-a-half-year ministry of Jesus Christ, and there's just a very few people that Jesus ever mentions their names. It's not overwhelming numbers. But he reveals the person to her when he is talking to them. He just says them or them. He doesn't reveal. But here he looks at her and said, Mary. What are you supposed to see what Mary saw on that morning? I want you to picture yourself there at that tomb which she was going through. Jesus just died on the cross. They laid him in the tomb. Here it is the third day, uh, and she's going to anoint the body. And, and she gets there, and the stones rolled away. And she looks in. He's not there. And she's running back to the other disciples and said, Hey, they've got his body. And all of them come running back. And they all look in. And then they went back to their homes. But Mary stayed at the tomb. So what did Mary see when she saw the Savior? She saw someone that was personal. She saw someone that was personal tonight. I'm glad that we have a Savior who is a personal with us. Uh, we don't serve a God that don't know our name, uh, who doesn't know where we're at or knows what we're going through. And if he did know our name, we don't serve a God that would not help us. I am so glad that we serve a God that's so personal that he will come to meet your need when you need it tonight. When I need a prayer answer, I can know that he's there to answer the prayer. When I need an audience with the Lord, I know he's there. When I need fellowship with him, I know he's there because he's that personal with me. I don't have to go through a priest. I don't have to go through a saint. I don't have to go through Mary. 
I don't have to go through a pastor or a membership. I have total access to the throne of God tonight. I can walk in there boldly. I don't have to go through anybody because he's that personal with me. And with God on the spirit of living on the inside of you, you have total access to the throne of God tonight. That, that gives you access. The spirit of God that resides in you gives it access to the throne of him. The Lord got personal with Mary. He's personal to those that are lonely. We, we find in verse 10, the disciples went away, and again to their own homes, the Bible tells us. And in verse 11, it said that Mary stood without the sepulchre weeping. Mary is still alone. Uh, she's alone in this story. There's no one there to help her. I, I imagine she's, she has not felt this lonely in many years. Probably she hasn't felt this lonely since she was living for the devil and the devil's living inside of her and, and she, Jesus came along and cast the devils out of her and she's never felt this lonelier before. She started walking with the Lord, serving God, and she felt the closeness, she felt the peace, she felt the, felt the joy in her life, but now he's gone and now she's feeling that loneliness. Now she stands outside with her hopes been dashed and her dreams been shattered. She thinks that her God, her Savior, has died and is not coming back. There's no apostle there to give her an encouragement. There's no one there to comfort her. There's not a, a friend to console her there. She's all alone. She is in loneliness and despair. God sent two angels to tell her he's not here, but he is risen. Now, I want you to know something. The, uh, the two angels telling her did not bring comfort in her life, did not bring encouragement in her life. She still was living in loneliness. She's still weeping. She's still heartbroken. This is why Mary realized angel can't do for me what God can do for me. I, I know we sing the songs, uh, angels unaware, and there are angels among us. But I want to say there, there's not never been an angel or a saint that can do for me what Jesus can do for me. Amen. Tears may be rolling down your eyes. And an angel cannot understand how you feel towards the Lord. That one that says, I'm a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. There's never been an angel that personal, that angel that helping in my life. I am glad there is a sympathizing Savior. There is a God, there is a Savior tonight if, that if you are lonely in your heart, you have been broken. Your dreams have been dashed and, and shattered. There is a friend that can lift you up. Yes. There is no brother that can pick you up 
and there's nobody around you that can give you the word of witness uh, that can make the dark clouds uh, uh, disappear again and the sun come out again. Uh, I'm glad there is a Jesus uh, that will come and meet you in the middle of the midst of your loneliness. And, it, and if you're broken and lonely, uh, there is a Jesus that will show up in the midst of that, in the midst of your loneliness tonight. Tonight, if you're sitting in that lonely place, and I imagine some of you are sitting there in that dark place, and the devil's whispering in your ear, nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. Can I say the devil's a liar tonight? There's a risen, sympathizing Savior that is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And he's here tonight for you tonight. He's personal to those that are lonely. He's personal to those that are looking back. Watch what happened in verse number 12. She sees the two angels. In verse 12 and 14, she sees the two angels. Verse 14, and when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. You get the picture of this. You've got to get the picture of this now. I'm telling you, that's why I'm telling you, you need to study the words in there and look at it. She was at the tomb. She was in the tomb, and there's the two angels. She sees the angels, and she turns around, and she sees what she thought was the gardener standing behind her. And she's questioning him. Where have they laid the body? Where have they taken him? Where have they done with him? And she's doing the same thing. Verse 15. You get this. She begins to speak with the Lord. Jesus said unto her, Woman, while thou weepest, whom seekest thou? She's supposing him to be the gardener and said unto him, Sir, if they had borne hence, him hence, tell me where they have laid him, and I will take him away. Now watch what Jesus said to her. Jesus said unto her, Mary, look at that. Read that in your scripture. It said, Mary, and what did the Bible say? And she turned back again I got excited oh I got excited that tells me here she was looking in the tomb and she's looking at the angels they done took this body he's not there she's weeping and she's crying and she's in that lonely place and, and then all of a sudden she turns and she sees the gardener and he, she's talking to the gardener and, and, and Jesus said Mary get that she had already done turned herself back to looking in the tomb when Jesus said, Mary, because she had to turn herself back again. What does that mean, preacher? What, what, what significance does that have in the scripture? Jesus is telling her, 
Don't keep looking in that dark place. Don't keep looking in that lonely place. I'm over here. I'm the answer to your problems. But you keep turning back over and over again. You know why some Christians never have joy in their life? Because they always see the answer there. But somehow or another, they get turned back to the dark place. All that lonely place, the brokenheartedness. And they get in that. And Jesus says, I am the answer. Have you ever done that? God shows up and says, here I am. I'm the answer for your problem, your solution, everything. But yet you say, I'll turn back the other way. I don't want that. Stop going back to your problems. Stop looking at that dark place. Stop dwelling in that. Jesus wants you to move on from that. Now, I'm not going to, I will not sit here and tell you that you'll never have a dark place in your life. I, I know that. As a child of God, God's going to bring some of those dark places into your life to get your attention for something other, to wake you up about something. God's going to bring that dark place, that lonely place into your life. But God is saying, hey, I'm only bringing you there. Jesus is only in grave for three days. Jesus is only in grave for three days. Why did we wallow around in that dark place for years and years and months and months and weeks and weeks? Jesus is only there for three days. He said, I got out of that dark place. I'm no longer there. Yep. That's right. But we'll move over here, get in that dark place, and Jesus, the answer is over here. He's just trying to tell you. There, is, there will be some dark times coming in your life. There's going to be some heartaches to come in your life. But Jesus said you need to move on. Come out of those things. Don't dwell in those dark places. Don't dwell in that heartbrokenness. Don't dwell there. Come out because I am the solution to your problem. He will use the tomb for a season. God will use darkness in your life for a season. He is personal to those that love him. He will get just as personal with you as you want him to. How do I get Jesus to be personal with me? Love him. Verse 15, he showed up and he could have said, Mary... Right off the bat, but he says, woman, why did he do that? Why, why didn't he just right off the bat say, Mary? Because as soon as, the, as, soon as he's, she's heard him say Mary for three and a half years, and, and that, that right there, you know when your husband calls you, you know when your wife calls you, that, that voice is just, it's just uh, all in your mind. You know, when you hear that, you can pick, I can pick my wife out in a crowd everywhere if I'd have them looking. Now she gets to talking, I say, yeah, that's my wife there. That's that voice there. If it had just said Mary right off the bat and said, hey, Mary, should have never turned back. But he didn't. So why did he do that? Why, what was the reason why he did that? Because he wanted to know what was in her heart. Yep. He wanted to know what was in her heart. God's going to allow you to go to those dark places. God's going to allow you to go to that tomb. But God's going to call your name. And what are you going to do? He wants to know what is in your heart. What's in your mind.
The Bible says, wherefore, if you eat or drink, whatsoever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Put him in the center of your life. Let everything revolve around him in your life. Too many times we got our life and we have Jesus trying to revolve around our lives and that don't work. He must be the center, the epitaph. He must be the footstone. He's the cornerstone. He's everything you need. Your life needs to center around him. You want him to show up in our services, make it about him. You want him to show up in your family, make it about him. I want my life to be all about Jesus. Even in the dark places, I want my life to be about Jesus. And there will be some dark times in your life that you're going to need Jesus. You're going to need him. He, he came to her when she was lonely and in a dark place and stopped looking and come back to me. Come love me. Get away from that lonely thing in life. Don't stay there. So many Christians seem to like it instead of focusing on him and the joy, they'd rather focus on the tomb experience and dwell in that place. The Bible said, Paul said, forgetting those things which were behind and reaching forward unto those things which are before me, pressing toward the mark, the prize of how, how calling of God in Christ Jesus. We all got tomb experiences. We're all going to have them. You could live the rest of your life in that tomb experience, that darkness, in that heartbroken area. Now, I, I find that some Christians love that dark place because they want their sympathy. They want the pat on the back. Oh, woe is me. Can I tell you, God ain't dead. That's right. God is not living in a tomb. Yep. He is God of the living. And if he gets over his dark places, so can we get over our dark places. So all he's trying to do is tell you, life's going to come at you hard. It came out of him hard. You're going to go through some dark times. He went through some dark times. But I do remember he says, I've conquered death, hell, and the grave. Yes, that's right. I'm on his side. I'm not dwelling in the things of the darkness, and I'm not going to dwell in the things of this world. I'm going to dwell with him. I'm going to make him the center of my life. Mary saw him as personal. How do you see him tonight? How do you see him? You see him as a personal savior, a personal friend, someone that is there beside you. I, I know some will try to put him in a box and only take him out when they need him. I, I don't have a box big enough to put him in because I need him every day. So how personal are you? Do you want him to be a personal savior to you? He says, come and love me and I'll love you. Just how personal you want him. He will be as personal as you allow him to get in your life. 
And I can tell some people have changed because God has moved in their life and became personal. Personal. They, they understand. It's one thing to come to church and sing the song, shout and praise God and all that good stuff and go home, but you don't have that personal relationship. It's another thing when you come to the house of God in the midst of your darkness and your heartaches and your trials and, and still sing praise God with a smile on your voice because then it becomes personal to you that He is your Savior. Amen. Is He personal to you? You have to make that choice. I cannot make it for you. You have to choose. You want God to be personal or you just want to keep him at a distance. Amen.